I got that. I can put I can put it on the podcast. That's good. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. You good? You done? Hey folks, welcome to the Park Church Podcast. I'm your host, James Levine, and I'm glad that you would join us this month as we talk with Austin McLaughlin. You probably know it by now, but we're talking with church planners and campus ministers and overseas ministers and local organizations, folks um, with whom we partner financially. That's what we're focusing on this year. And so we talked with our four church planners that we support, and now we're talking with Austin, who is a part of um, Bridges International at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. Um, he and his wife Kayla lived in Denver for a while and went to Park Church and did ministry here and then uh, felt the call to go back to Knoxville where his wife Kayla's from. Um, and so they've been over there for a few years now. Um, and, and really a fun thing about this ha- has been like, I don't actually know. I, I probably know as much as you do going into these interviews. Like I know a little bit about these people, but I'm learning right there with you. And so we, I had another great conversation uh, this month with Austin, just learning about him and his family and, and why they made the move and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's it's a good conversation. I feel like we're, we're getting our stride with just uh, having it be fun and casual, but also informative. And so I hope you guys are enjoying them. Um, I'd always love to hear from you. So again, you can always email me, james at parkchurchdenver.org with any suggestions or um, things you think that we should do. So I guess those are the same thing, aren't they? Suggestions or things that you think that we should do. But, you know, may as well say it, uh, say the same thing two different ways. Uh, Okay. I think that's an obvious point uh, for me to cut this off and just go right into the interview with Austin. Let's do that now. Hey, Austin, welcome to the show. Hey, James, thanks for having me on. I'm really glad and excited to be here with you. Man, it's great to have you. We, uh, we've we completed our series with the church planners, so we talked with uh, Dan Morata and Matt Morjinski and who else, Dan Bartol and somebody else who I'm forgetting, Jason Procupio. We've talked with those four guys, and so now we're moving on to uh, folks who are doing campus ministry, and you're, you're first up uh, for us awesome. there. Um, for listeners who don't know you or didn't know you and Kayla when you guys were around in Denver or, or know what you're up to now, can you give us like just a, a flyover view of, of your life um, and how you ended up in Knoxville? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Great question. Yeah. Um, so I'll start from when we were in Knoxville at first. Um, okay. So we, Kayla and I both went to the University of Tennessee. Okay. And she's from Knoxville. I grew up in Texas. But we decided to join staff with Crew, formerly Campus Crusade for Christ, in 2010. And our first assignment on campus was actually in Denver. So we moved to Denver to launch a new ministry called Destino. Uh, new to Denver, not new to the Crew world. Okay. And Destino is primarily working with Latino students, so students that were born and raised, born anywhere from Latino descent, but raised primarily in the U.S. Um, so we were in Denver from 2011, March of 11 through December of 14. And we're, we're at Park pretty much from, I think, our second week in Denver through through the time we left yeah. to come back to Knoxville to work with international students. So nice. That's probably the briefest explanation <laughs> of it. Hey, that was... 
probably the briefest ever on the show. Like this is like episode 22 <laughs> or something. And uh, yeah, you nailed it. So let's, let's fill in the gaps a little bit. You grew up in Texas, where in Texas? Yeah, I grew up in Fort Worth okay. um, in, in the city proper. Gotcha. And grew up in a Christian home? Yep. I actually did not. Um, okay. So my dad is, my dad was raised Catholic. My, my mom was raised Protestant, but faith was really never engaged or talked about in our family. Um, and I always found, found it really strange. Like I went to an Episcopalian school, never really heard the gospel there, heard a lot of like Bible stories. Hmm. Um, it was, it was very much August through Lent. It felt like we were always in Genesis and Exodus. And then it was like, Oh no, Easter's here. We've got to talk about Jesus for a little bit. (laughs) And then, you know, it was like two weeks to the end of the semester. And so I felt like that was the pattern. And so the, the foundations were there, but it never connected with a heart. And then home life, it was always strange because my mom went to this, um, it's not Unitarian, but it's it's very welcoming, non non definitive. I would say on what they believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my dad's Catholic, and so I got these like polar opposite views when we would go to mass versus when we would go to this church called Unity Church, and it was it was just kind of strange. Yeah. And so though faith was present, it was never it was never biblically based. It was never we would talk about Jesus. It was just kind of there in the background, but never in the foreground, if, hmm. if that makes sense. You can, um, you can put this question if you want to. In fact, I can edit this out of the podcast if you want me to. Okay. But I'm just interested in what it was like to grow up in a home where, you know, you would go to mass one week and then unity church another week. How did like, how was that for your parents, I guess, or for you? Yeah. For, for my parents, I think this kind of, typifies their relationship they didn't really talk a whole lot okay which you know looking back at it now i'm like that was really weird yeah at the time it was all i knew and so it was just normal Mm -hmm. but it it was we grew up in a very divided home where everything was kind of glossed over like everything's fine but Mm. in the reality like there was fracturing and my parents got divorced in 2008 or 2009 okay um so right after I had gotten to college, um, and so it was, it was interesting growing up in that kind of environment because the the tensions between them were never talked about, nor were the tensions between their faith. Mm-hmm. And I think my dad not really engaging it and embracing his faith, um, he was fine with it because it didn't really matter to him. Sure, he was Catholic more by title than by by faith or by practice. Mm-hmm. And from my mom being a little bit more of the the liberal kind of everything goes, everything's fine type mm-hmm. type faith practice, it was fine for her never to to drill down some of those. What do we actually believe as a family? Sure. Okay. Um, so though though it was like weird, it was normal for me. Yeah. But it was definitely like as a kid, I was like, why are we bouncing from like this flowery, <laughs> like I don't know what we're talking about to okay, we're standing, we're sitting. Yeah. I can do this. I can't do that. Right. But why is it? Yeah. Right. But it was never talked about. Okay. And so, so yeah, then you, it was strange. You choose uh, UT Knoxville. Why? Yeah. So I started to realize kind of in the beginning of my high school years that 
my life was not looking the ways that I wanted it to look. Um, I, and actually that was more towards when I graduated high school. I started realizing, you know, now I would call them sin patterns. Um, I was realizing sin patterns where I was being really hypocritical. I was doing things that I looked down upon or that like I was bullied in middle school. And so I just, in order to cope with life in high school, I started doing that. Mm. And I was like, man, I think the reality hit me of if I want to grow up at all, if I want to actually become an adult, mm-hmm. I need to leave Texas because I went to a small private high school. So many of my friends went to Texas, A&M, Baylor, Tech, TCU. It was like, yeah. I, I just had to get out of Texas in order to get out of that bubble. Mm. Um, so my dad was actually raised in Nashville. And so I was like, you know what? I like football. I'll go to a school that <laughs> likes football yeah. and uh, applied to Georgia, Arkansas, and Tennessee and got into Tennessee and decided that's where I wanted to be. Cool. Um, so honestly, there's not a lot of great reason of why. Um, <laughs> I, think I the, look at it now and it's like... It, the yeah, self-awareness yeah. of like, I need to get out of here if I'm going to grow up. Like that's that's a yeah. pretty good reason. Yeah. Yeah. That was the best one I had. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And, and I like football and you know, there you go. Great. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. There's a hundred thousand people that watch football every week. It's great. <laughs> and so Kayla lives in Knoxville and is just like, I'm going to stay close to home. Yep. And yep. then you guys meet how? Yeah. So Kayla was born and raised in Knoxville, loves Knoxville. Her family has been here for generations and yeah, so UT was pretty pretty straightforward for her. Then, so we were both involved. I I came to faith through Crew my freshman year, about two weeks into the semester. And hmm. um, someone sits down with me with the Knowing God Personally booklet, which is Crew's distilled version of the gospel. And I'll kind of get to how Kayla and I met. But um, no, this is great. Yeah, yeah. So a friend of mine, he. He works with crew. He, he used to work with crew. He just called me up out of the blue and was like, Hey, I'm in your dorm. Would love to hang out and meet with you. I was like, I don't have friends. This sounds great. <laughs> um, so I naively, the 18 year old me, go downstairs in the lobby of my dorm and start meeting with this friend named Britton. And he, he walks through the gospel with me. And it was so fascinating because it, it was all so new. And I, I so clearly remember the Lord starting to, to speak and, and those ways that the Holy spirit had revealed himself when I was in high school of like, these are sin patterns that aren't healthy. Hmm. He then started showing me like, this is how I can redeem and restore you through this. Hmm. Um, and so, and then all the like Bible stories that I heard that made no sense from when I was in that Episcopalian school, I was like, Oh, (laughs) this makes sense now. Yeah. And so the gospel just like everything started coming together. And so I came to faith in September of 06 and went on um, two summer missions with crew. And the first one was the year, about a year and a half after I came to faith and went to Sweden. So UT has a partnership in, or they had one in Sweden. And so we went over as students to do summer missions, working with college students over there. And that was where Kayla and I really got connected. And we, we had met a few times through crew, but she was a year ahead of me in school. And so she had a really established friend group and 
I knew a lot of those guys and girls, but just by nature of her being a year ahead, we never really connected. So mm. that summer in Sweden was really when I started realizing like, oh man, one, this girl's really cute <laughs> and I like her a lot. And two, like she's really passionate about Jesus. And, mm. and so that's when we really started connecting. We started dating pretty soon after that summer. You fell project. in love in and Sweden? Yeah, dude. How did I never know this? Awesome. That's amazing. I know. I know. I know. We knew each other for years in Denver and that never came up. <laughs> so that was 08? That was 08, yeah. Okay. So yep. you guys have been together now almost 10 years. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Almost 10 years. That's, yeah, that's, that's kind of wild to think okay. about. Yeah. <laughs> so you start dating. Yeah. And then, then what happens? Yeah, I start dating and that was her senior year of college. Okay. Um, I think my junior year. And you know, our, our first several months of dating, it was, it was both good and hard. I hadn't really ever dated before. And so working through all those awkward <laughs> things of like, I don't know how to be myself around a girl, mm. but I like her and I want to stick with this. <laughs> and then she has expectations of what I should be, but I'm just not, I don't know how to do any of this. So <laughs> there, there were those awkward relationship things that I feel like are totally normal. Yeah. That at the time I was like, what is going on? How do I deal with this? Yeah. Um, and then there were, there were other layers of some health issues that Kayla's family were going through, some close family members of hers that, that were just, that was a, a struggle and a challenge. And I didn't know how to enter that. Um, when we were in Sweden, my, my parents actually separated. And oh, so wow. I was starting to deal with that separation. They didn't, my mom didn't tell me until like a couple months later oh, that she had moved out. Okay. And so it was that like, I'm dealing with this big loss that, you know, like I was saying earlier, it, it seemed normal to me, mm-hmm. but then as I had become a believer and started seeing Christian families, I'm like, Oh no, this is not normal. Mm -hmm. What I grew up with was not normal. And then, so dealing with the ramifications of that, dealing with the ramifications of Kayla's, um, family member that was going through this health crisis. Like Mm -hmm. it both made us take out all of our stress and conflict on one another, (laughs) which made continuing to date really hard. (laughs) But then it also, I think it grew us in, in ways that we had to learn to trust each other. We had to learn to um, come to each other with with our junk and be like, I, I'm just attacking you because I'm really stressed out about my family, or I'm I'm just attacking you because I'm stressed out about this this thing going on at home. Yeah. Um. So it was really like, you know, the. <laughs> It was not an easy dating mm-hmm. because of a lot of those life circumstances, but I think also because of a lot of those life circumstances, it caused us to really grow and to cherish each other pretty Yeah, quickly. yeah. Easy dating is boring. I mean, if you if you think that like, uh, <laughs> no, everything's great. No, we just really like each other, and you know that's that's boring. Yeah, you're going to run into conflict at some point, so you yeah. might as well just go ahead and do yeah. it now. Um, yeah, I don't so, know if you you all ran into this. But oh my gosh. At our premarital counseling, yeah, like when they were saying, "Oh yeah, you're probably going to fight on our honeymoon." Kayla and I were like, "Yeah, yeah. we fought on the way in here." Yeah, <laughs> and, and like I saw other couples around the room, like their faces just like dropped in terror of like, "We're going to fight." Yeah, totally. <laughs> and totally. It was like, "Yeah, no, we don't. Yeah, fight. you are. We really like each other." Yeah. <laughs> 
We, I mean, dude, Have I mean, you really talked. We fought at breakfast the day after our wedding. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. The line that I always used was it felt like we had already gotten a divorce before we even got married. <laughs> it, I mean, it was intense, yeah. man. Yeah. But it was good because yeah. we weren't naive heading into marriage. It was like, well, yeah, yes. of course we're going to be, you know, mean to each other and we're going to have to work through it. And yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I was so glad to have gone through that while we were dating. Yeah. Then to be like totally surprised by it. And now I feel like we can work through anything. Sure. Um, yeah. It seems like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we haven't yet. No, no. I We've know. worked through a lot of hard <laughs> stuff, but, but you know, it's like, yeah. I feel like from eight years of knowing each other and fighting and grinding it out, like mm. we've just learned what it looks like to, to love one another in, in, in like a sacrificial way. That's not just, Hey, this is fun. And I want to do this forever. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is a choice and it's a commitment that when, when stuff hits the fan, like we're going to fight it out. Mm-hmm. It's in like, at the time when we were dating, I was like, I don't really get this. But now I'm like, thank, thank you, Jesus, that we did that then. Yeah. To like prepare us for some of this harder stuff now. Yep. Yeah, it's so weird with dating because when you are fighting, you're like, are we fighting? And like, does does that mean we're not supposed to be together? And I think in some instances, yeah. yes. And then I think yeah. in some instances, like, no, you're just this is part of being in a relationship. And so yeah, your ability sure. to know which one it is, <laughs> be, yeah. you know, cause once you get married, yeah. it's like, okay, well, here we go. Um, yeah. But yeah. So did y'all got married in 2010 before you moved out to Denver? We did. We got married in November of 2010 okay. and then finished raising our initial support, moved to Denver in 11. And yep. it was like, we're going to move out here and, and spearhead this new thing. And then we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, so when, when we joined staff, they, there was a a couple that are still in Denver now. Uh, they are working with crew city, which is, um, cruise ministry doing discipleship with various people in the city. Mm -hmm. Um, but they were at the time with campus. And so, yeah, they flew out to Orlando where we were doing our staff training and said, Hey, we want here, here's what's the reality. There's, a third of the city of Denver that is Latino and on these campuses, there's, there's really no one reaching out to Latino students. Hmm. Um, so they shared about Auraria in downtown mm-hmm. and dude, it's when they showed this video of like all these different people and sharing their stories and it was super compelling, but you know, Kayla and I were sitting next to each other and, and we just both felt like the Lord saying, go to Denver and, and do yeah. destiny now. Yeah. And we, we were both raised in very white context mm-hmm. and both very white middle class. And Kayla has a little bit more experience working, had a little more experience working cross-culturally through college and had more of a, a diversity of friends than I did. But I would say we still had no idea what we were walking into. Um, but we felt like the Lord called us. And so we, talked about it. We prayed about it and pretty much made the decision on the spot in, at our staff training that we were going to, to like pick up everything and move to Denver. Wow. Knew nobody. Um, and it was just, yeah, big step of faith. There was nothing going on with the ministry at that time. And so first day we stepped onto a and we were like, what in the world is this place? <laughs> and I think, 
that that question continued through the very last day we stepped off of Auraria mm. of like, what is this place? Because yeah. I think as much as we would learn about it, it, it just kept changing and the uniquenesses and the intricacies of working on a commuter campus, mm. so different than a major four-year university mm. that we were on in college. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what we came to do to, to launch a movement to Latino students. And so you do that out here for three, three and a half years. And then when did you start to feel the pull back to Knoxville? Yeah. So it was pretty soon after, after our son was born. So Malachi was born in 2013. Okay. And, um, you know, we, we loved Denver and still do love Denver, like love the city. We loved park having been involved with park since the time that we moved, just fell in love. And as the church grew, wanting to continue to be involved there. Mm-hmm. And so I think there were, it was so interesting because there were things about Denver that we really loved. And, and then on the flip side, there were just some challenges with the, the team that we were working on, the campus that we were working on. Auraria is a, a beautiful, hard place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, you know, there was, there's some team conflict that, that really caused us to, to question our place there. Okay. On that Destino team. Um, and we really felt like we wanted to eventually get back to Knoxville. We didn't really know how we would do it. Um, and we didn't know whether it would be a year or two after Kai was born or 10 years later. Mm-hmm. We had, we had bought a house kind of expecting to be able to grow into it as a, as our family grew. Um, but, but yeah, the, there was a time the last fall that we were there in August of 14 that I was just, I was dealing with some of the team conflict and trying to talk to my, my team leader about it. And I was just frustrated, man. It was, and Kayla and I had, had talked about this so much. Like you hear the stat that like 90% of missionaries leave the field because of their team. Hmm. And we kept fighting it. We were like, no, we we believe in, in in Romans 12, where it's like, so far as it depends on you, make peace with all men. Right. Or maybe Romans 10. But, but we were like, we want to be at peace with our team. We want to be working together. We don't want to be part of that 90% stat. So we, we kept pressing in and kept pressing in. It just felt like we kept hitting doors mm-hmm. with that. And so we're like, God, what are you doing? And it, at a day where I was like, I'm so fried, I'm so fed up with fighting with my team, I'm so fed up with showing up on campus at Auraria, doing random conversations with Latino students that tell me the same six answers and never want anything to do with me again. Mm-hmm. Um, God, what are you doing? Where are you leading us? Like, we love working with people from around the world. And, and so some like tensions that I would feel at Auraria was like, I literally am walking past covered women and Muslim men and and just this broad swath of people in trying to do this very specific contextual ministry with with Destino, hmm. but being like, man, Jesus, there's so many more people here, and there's maybe four ministries on campus, and two of them are cults, hmm. and so hmm. like it, it just felt that tension and kind of you know that burden was always in the back of our our hearts to like, man, we want to work with people from all over the world. Yeah, but while you're launching this one thing, it feels disingenuous to go to another, you know, because mm. um, we never really got to a place that I felt that we could transition from just you know to working with internationals or 
to working with Asian Americans. Um, we wanted to be faithful to what God had called us to there. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe some of that was stubbornness, and maybe some of it was faithfulness to the call. I, yeah, you, want, you wanted I, I to see it know. through. You, like you yeah, came out for, for a purpose, sure. and you're like... For sure. Yeah. But it's like we talked yeah. about with the, with the relationships earlier. Like sometimes you're fighting because you need to just cut it off at the head, you know? Yeah. 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 So, so what happened was on one of those days where I was just frustrated and yeah. I didn't know what was next, um, a good friend who was on staff here at the University of Tennessee with Bridges called me out of the blue and was like, hey, you know, my co-leader and I, We've been here for several years, and we just feel like the Lord is leading us, um, whether it's in the next six months or year or so, to transition out of leading this team and transition into something else. And they didn't really know what their something else was yet, but they were like, we just feel like it's time for us to hand over leadership. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we've been praying, and we really think that you and Kayla would be the ones that could really fit this well like you know knoxville you know the ministry you were involved in helping start the ministry when you were students right we really feel like you guys could be a good fit for here mm-hmm. and man i <laughs> i got off the phone and i just started crying wow I, I remember i was at i was at trader joe's in denver i was leaving leaving trader joe's in cap hill yeah and i just started crying i was like <laughs> Lord, what in the world like i in this moment of like deep tension with with everything going on with our team with wanting to be back like wanting our son to be around his grandparents like yeah so it was both the like man it, for me i was like yeah we're gonna do it yeah we're going you know like <laughs> no doubt in my mind yeah uh, kayla's the one that's more uh she wants to make sure we're making right choices all the time mm. and wants to she she wants to be really prayerful about everything we do which i'm so thankful for <laughs> i was ready to like jump and go that moment but you're frustrated I'm, I'm by it. She... you're frustrated by it yeah. and then you're thankful yeah for it, right yeah because my yeah. my wife exactly. is, is you and i am kayla she's like we should do this thing that sounds amazing and i'm like maybe maybe we should um <laughs> so i know how that goes yeah 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 so, so you take some time i'm so thankful think, we took pray. some time to pray yeah. about it right and just just kept feeling like this was where the Lord was leading. You, you saw and how much your house had appreciated, and you were like, "Okay, yeah, dude." <laughs> even in Ruby Hill, man, <laughs> we can get a mansion in, in Knoxville. Hill, going crazy. Right, yeah. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, it was when we when we actually sold and moved back. It was like we could buy anything, right, um, right. And I, I think in some ways we were like, "We'll, we'll just we'll buy something because yeah. we can buy anything." Yeah. Uh, we may not have been as wise with it. I, I, it was a really good purchase for us, but it was like, man, everything is so affordable here. <laughs> the, the Denver lenses were definitely still on. Oh, yeah. Looking here. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so finished up the fall semester of 14 and, and okay. um, moved in December of 14. And man, yeah, it was it, it was a really good choice. Yeah. Um, leave, leaving Denver was so hard. Like, we loved everything going on at Park, and um, yeah, I just loved what God was doing there. Loved our community. We were in a, a great gospel community. Felt like we were known that people knew us. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a really significant season for us mm-hmm. to grow, yeah. to learn to trust Jesus, um, to learn like. I mean, you guys know you left 
y'all left Arkansas, came to Denver, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you come with like, I don't know anybody. Absolutely. I need friends. That's right. I need people. And it's like yeah. so many people in Denver are longing for that. And I just felt like it's such a good community of like, <laughs> I, I felt known for one of the first times in my life by, by friends there. And it was just so significant. Yeah. Same here. I mean, it, you know, 2011 show up and don't know a soul. I, I just sent yeah. an email out yesterday to, uh, a bunch of folks who are new at park church and said, Hey, we've got a welcome email coming up. We'd love to get to know you. I mean, I think community has been strong here. And for some people yeah. that does mean like these are going to, this is going to be our three or four years post college where we're becoming adults and growing up and learning how to do this stuff. And then we are going to, you know, move back home. We've seen a ton of that. And then we've seen other people who are like, actually, I think this is home and I think this is family. And, and we're grateful yeah. either way because, um, you know, yeah. it, it's not like people have to be in Denver for <laughs> forever for us to be right. able to be used in their lives, um, for through sure. the church. So, so, okay. So for sure you've been in Knoxville, uh, since started 2015. And, yep. and how's it going? Yeah. So Good stuff, it's been, bad stuff. Like give me the highlights, lowlights. Yeah. Yeah. All, all the above. Yeah. Um, so when we first arrived, we had a team of six. So it was two people that had been here since 09. Okay. They were the ones that, uh, the first staff to be full-time bridges. Okay. And, and, and bridges tell people what that is real quick. Yeah. So bridges international is cruise ministry to international students. Okay. So, um, undergrad, That's... masters, PhD, English language learners, anyone who comes over without family yes. to study for a short time. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yep. they, they're similar and it's even more for them. They don't know a soul. They're also having to learn a language, yeah. you know, all this kind <laughs> yeah. of, yeah. Okay. Culture yeah. shock. Dude, it's so, so surprising how many times that like I'm talking to a student yeah. and they're like, oh yeah, you were the first person to email me. Yeah. To the States. Yeah. Or I was showing somebody just a welcome flyer that I made for this welcome picnic that we do at orientation every year. And this Chinese student sees himself in the photo and he's like, I remember that picnic. You guys (laughs) served fried rice there. And I'm like, bro, I don't remember what I ate this morning. How do you remember this picnic from two years ago? And not only remember it, but remember what you ate. Yeah. Um, Wow. And so... Was, yeah. And was that like an intentional thing? Do you remember? Like, we're going to have Chinese students, so we should have fried rice? You know, it's, we, we do like diverse. Uh, yeah. So we know we have stuff. a lot of Chinese students. Okay. So yeah, we do like Asian food, some yeah, Indian yeah. food. One, okay. t- one time we had Iraqi food. Ooh. Um, so we try to make it, especially for that first welcome meal, we don't want it for them to be, because it's all new students we have at that one. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want it just to be pizza. Because they've had pizza all week. Right. (laughs) It's like, this may not be the perfect representation of what it tastes like back home, but we're trying. I'll give you curry. Yeah. I'll give you fried rice. Yeah. Like, you're kind of longing for that, and I know it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so yeah, especially at a a lot of our dinners, we try to do do that kind of stuff. And then also, like, home cooked meals. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it kind of varies um, based on the event, based on who's cooking based on kind of the feel that we're trying to go for. Yeah. Um, so, so but, your primary thing is just like become family to these students, like love on them, know them, care for them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So bridges kind of sees our mission. Our, our vision is to welcome international students, um, be a home away from home in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, mm-hmm. serve them. So 
whether that's helping with airport pickup, finding an apartment, mm. getting to Walmart, um, yeah. just like tangible needs that mm-hmm. students may have or like, Hey, I have a conflict with my professor. What do I do? Like yeah. just ways to serve them. Yep. Um, and then we want to provide a social atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So, so many international students come wanting to know Americans, wanting to meet other international students. International students can really easily meet one another, but yeah, meeting an American is, it can be really challenging and even overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and I think the stat is, is around 85 to 90% of international students never enter an American's home. Oh, um, wow. And so just things like that, that we're like, man, if we can be a connector, we, we want to give people these experiences. And the more experiences I give them around Christians, the more likely that they are to start exploring Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's our, our last thing. We want to engage spiritual conversations yeah, so that international students can become leaders internationally. Mm. Um, and I really believe that, that some of the next world leaders will truly come out of the international students that we have here in the States today. Yeah, of course. Um, there's, there's a dear friend from, from Pakistan who is a Muslim, has came as a Muslim, went back to Pakistan as a Muslim who came here to study education. And I think about him often when I think about world changes of like, hmm. man, he, he heard the gospel a lot. He knows what we believe. He engaged it often he never came to faith, but man, this guy, he could go back home and literally change the face of education hmm. in Pakistan. Hmm. Um, I had an Egyptian friend as well, a Muslim who, um, he and I were talking about, we've got a, a son that we're fostering, um, to adopt here pretty soon. And he was like, man, what you guys are doing with your son, there are so many street kids in Cairo that like, I want to go back and maybe try to figure out what I can do Hmm. to help those kids. Yeah. And you know, like obviously we long for all of our students when they come to the States, when they engage with us, we want them to come to faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. But I also realize that a student from South Asia or East Asia or the Middle East, like when they come to the States, they have zero foundation of Christianity. Mm -hmm. They may have heard a story here or there, they may know that the U.S. There's a lot of Christians here, but you know, when I was when I was a high school student, like I'd heard about God, I'd heard about Jesus, kind of all growing up. Like that's part of growing up in America. Yeah. Whether the connotation is good or bad, like you're always hearing about it. Yeah. And and so I think there takes a a, a deep belief in the sovereignty of God that man. Jesus, what, however they interact with you here, that may just be someone's first interaction with you ever. Hmm. And they, they may, they may not come to faith here. Mm-hmm. And, and they probably won't, truthfully. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if we can be some of those first hundred conversations that you're having about Jesus, mm-hmm. so much so that when you go home, you're like, man, I realize now how different those people were. Like, I I, I see it here, and I see it when I was in the States. But now that I'm back, man, what's that got to be like? You know, and so I feel like I've heard several stories recently of when students go home, they start exploring more because they've they've entered the space of of faith with us. And then when they go back to this, like, 
disenchanted world per se to use mm-hmm. some Jamie Smith terms. Like yeah. they're, they're frustrated with it. Right. You know? Right. So that's it's good. Just, it's such a, such a unique place to be with a lot of these students. It's really, really neat. You're planting seeds and you're, you're embodying, uh, what Christian community can and should look like. Uh, yeah. You, you know, you're, you're living in a, in a way where you have hope in something beyond this world. So yeah, that, it would make sense that when they return to the, to their context, if, if the, the, uh, difference is so stark, you know, they'll remember fondly their time with you. And then that causes them to have more yeah. conversations and continue thinking on it. And I, yeah. I, I love it, man. That's, that's good work that y'all are doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun, man. So, so it's to, been, it's been oh, yeah, a really ahead. encouraging last couple of years. Um, I would say like some of the coolest things have been, yeah. you, you know, you get, get so many of these stories of, you know, from the news, people in Iran are like this, or people in Turkey are like this, or people in China are like this. <laughs> but to then like meet Iranians and be like, Oh, you're so different. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. You're some of the most fun people that I've ever talked to in my entire life. Right. Um, it's been, it's been a blast, dude. I, I remember when my really sister good. went to, uh, she, she went to Southeast Asia and when she showed up, her students were like, wait, I thought all the Americans were like, you know, like Britney Spears or Justin Timberlake, you know? <laughs> yeah. And she's just yeah. like, N- I mean, no, but, but I understand, <laughs> I understand why you thought that. Um, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, so getting rid of some of those stereotypes and getting to know the actual people has been cool. Yeah. Dude, it's huge. It's so fun. What's been hard. Yeah. So I would say the hardest, the hardest part for me, I think, you know, I, I, I turned 30 last year okay. and as you know, like getting up on 30, you're, you've experienced the like, okay, who am I? What am I about? What am I doing? Yeah. Um, and it's entering the season of, man, God, I, I feel like I know myself pretty well and I know what I want to be about and what I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, I've realized that I love, I love people and I can be really good one-on-one when I'm with small groups of people like intentionality, I love shepherding, um, but I think I'm realizing that I I just get overwhelmed thinking about the mass of people that are on campus, mm. um, and my giftings are are way more in the admin strategy, like visionary pieces, mm-hmm. and so I, I've been I've been the only guy on staff here for the last two years or so. Mm. Um, so once our, our staff, our, our, our former team leaders, um, they took their other jobs and they moved on, um, our team shrunk pretty dramatically. And, um, what was once like, we can all rely on each other. We're doing a lot really well together became, it was me and a first year intern. Oh, wow. I was like, Oh, things need to change real quick. And it was a first year female intern. She had never done anything with our movement before, came in totally fresh and was like, I'm ready to go. And I'm like, this is so new. This is my <laughs> first semester leading alone. Um, so leading alone was really challenging. Um, and like on one hand, I'm, I'm doing all these things that I really like admin and vision. But on the other hand, I'm seeing, man, we've got 15, 25 student leaders that I should be meeting with mm. regularly. Yeah. And those are all believing students. And then, on top of that, there's 40, 50, 100 non-Christian guys that 
that are genuinely exploring. I'm like, I have capacity for like three people. Yeah. And my wife and my kids are, are, are three of them, <laughs> you know? And so I think that that tension was starting to become very real to me of like, I feel such a heavy burden yeah. for these students, but I, I just know myself and I know that I can't, I can't do everything that I need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that like, I think that's been the, the hardest tension for me of like, I, I love, love these students. I love what God is doing in their lives. Yet I'm just not the best person day in and day out to meet with students on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been, I think the biggest challenge, but also has allowed me to continue to explore like, okay, God, in, in who you've made me, what does this look like? How do I, how do I live these gifts out? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm actually over the summer going to be transitioning to a new role within crew okay. of doing some, um, some stats work and some analytics work. Mm. So it's going to be a, a position with the greater ministry of crew nationwide. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, it's like, it's a super exciting role for me, at least. I think a lot of people would be like, you're going to look at spreadsheets and numbers all day. <laughs> That's real boring. Yeah. Um, but it's, I get to look for patterns and say like, man, God, what are, what are we doing? That's really effective. Where are we going? What are we, where are we seeing success? That's not just this really cool story that happened in Sacramento that now we want to do everywhere. It's mm-hmm. like, man, Jesus, where are you moving? Okay. That's cool. But will Sacramento work in Knoxville? Will Miami work in DC? You know? Yeah, yeah. So trying to think really strategically. Um, and so I'll still be working with Bridges probably one day a week, um, which will then allow me to continue being connected with the ministry, connected with the, f- a few key students that, that I can really invest deeply in rather than feeling like I'm only investing a little bit in a lot of people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Love so it. it'll be, yeah, I'm really excited about, about this transition. Um, kind of nervous in some ways because I'm like, man, this is really this last week has been my last full week on campus. And wow. so much of it has been doing prep work for end of the year planning and, yeah. and next year that I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got, <laughs> I've got students that are graduating and yeah. I've got, and thankfully, like most of the people that I work with are masters and PhD, so they'll be here over the summer. So, mm. um, I'll be able to continue grabbing coffee with them, getting a meal, um, continue some of those relationships where it's not like so jarring of a finish. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's a I feel like it's a really exciting step and one that I'm just like I have no idea what this is going to look like. Sure, I've been a full time campus minister for eight years right right wow yeah well we'll so. man yeah we'll be praying for you and your family as you as you navigate that and figure that out thanks uh-huh. thanks dude yeah of course um let's let's do this let's do some rapid fire questions to uh, yeah to finish it up i don't know if you've heard any of the what? podcasts before uh, but I have not okay, great. So we've so these. Will but be, now that you've talked about like talking to Dan and Dan and some of those guys that yeah I knew from back when yeah I'm gonna go back and listen. You should want yeah. to hear their stories. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you'll get to hear their answers to these rapid fire questions. So yeah, okay. Sweet. Here we go. What is your favorite TV show, movie, and or book that you've watched or read recently? 
Ooh, okay. Um, I would say favorite book that I read recently. It was actually a couple of years ago, but it's it's definitely the one that stuck with me the most. Okay. Is A Soldier of the Great War. Okay. Um, by Mark Halperin. Yeah. Man, it, have you read it? No, but I know Mark Halperin. Okay. Yeah. Dude, the so he he actually wrote another one called A Paris in the Present Tense, mm-hmm. which was it was really good. But man, Soldier of the Great War, it just, there is so much beauty and it, it's just, it's stunning, man. Like, I think a lot of people, a lot of people that I've given it to have been like, this is kind of hard to read because he, he's really lengthy in some of his sentences. But man, the way that the main character just exudes like this presence in the world amidst World War One. And the way that he can engage around him, it, it it was by far one of the best books I've ever read. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Movie or TV show? Um, man, TV shows, I feel like we jump and <laughs> when we finish binging, we're binging something else. Okay. Um, Kayla's into suits right now. Yeah. Uh, so I'm enjoying coming in and out of that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen any know. movies? Black Black Panther was the last movie I saw. Come on. And, I've been getting that answer oh, a dude, lot. It's a good one. So good. Yep. And it was so fun. So I have an intern whose parents are from Uganda. She was raised, obviously, African-American Did in you say Ohio. Wakanda? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Dad Close. joke. Well yeah. played. Yeah, well played. Um, yeah. So she. it was so funny because she's seen it several times. Yeah. But to hear her, like she went with Africans yeah. and with some of her black friends uh-huh. to hear her talk about the multi-layeredness of it. Mm. So cool. Such a different take on the movie. It was beautiful. I need to have her on the podcast. What am I doing talking to yeah. you? Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, iPhone or Android? Ooh, iPhone. Yeah. Good call. A lot of iPhoneers on this show. I'm, I'm proud yeah. of that. Uh, what's the yeah. best meal? It's the you... ecosystem, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Once you get a MacBook, I mean, you kind of just have to. Yeah. Yeah. You have You're to stuck with it. You can't leave it. I've heard that there's it's a great really... ecosystem to be in. It is. It is. Well, yeah. For the most part, I miss yeah. Steve Jobs, but anyway. Um, yeah. Knoxville has amazing food. I've heard. It does. What is the best meal that you've had recently? It, it can be home cooked if if that's better. Your call. Oh. Best best meal. That's a great one. Oh man, we've got this. We've got this uh, Syrian guy okay. in town. His name is Yasin. Yeah, and he's got a little falafel shop. Ooh. Man, Yasin's falafel house is so good. <laughs> okay, it's so good. <laughs> if I come to he Knoxville, like we're going. Three things. Yeah. Oh, dude, we're going to Yasin's, man. Yeah, and it, he's got an incredible story. He he's a refugee. Um, Jack Dorsey, I think is his name from Twitter. The yeah. The guy that started Twitter and Square. Yeah. He like came to Knoxville and did a short film on Yasin and his story. No way. Dude. Yeah. 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 It is so good. Um, if I can find it online, I'll shoot it over to you. Okay. It's just, it's this beautiful story of, of his migration. It doesn't talk a lot about the falafel house, but man, it's, it's beautiful. Huh. Okay. And it's cool to like know Yasin too. Absolutely. So yeah, you've seen Falafel House. Okay, we'll look for it. Anything? We, we always try to link to any resources that are mentioned. So uh, okay, just for the listeners, if you go to parkchurchdenver.org slash park dash podcast, 
uh, you'll see Austin's name and picture there. You can click on that and then it'll take you into the show page where you can uh, find links to anything that we talk about here. So, um, what is the nerdiest thing that you're into right now? Like the thing that you, <laughs> you kind of don't want to tell me that you're into. Yeah. Uh, what did you get bullied I mean, about in middle school? Maybe is it, is it related to no. that? No, oh, okay. it was just acne and stupid middle school. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, power plays by bigger kids. Um, I, dude, I nerd out about, so I've been coaching CrossFit since August. Okay. So I've, I've like drank the Kool-Aid and in, in the cold. That's not really the nerdiest thing. I, I kind of nerd out about some of that stuff, but, yeah. uh, I'm reading, so I'm reading Charles Taylor, uh, secular age is no, it's, oh. uh, what's, what's his other one? Um, I don't know. It's in my backpack. Dude, it's so hard to read sometimes. <laughs> Let me see what it is. I like, I'll read a couple pages and get totally lost. Sources of the self. Okay. Making of the modern identity. Wow. Um, so I'm kind of in this like identity realm um, with a lot of my reading right now. Mm. Um, so Taylor and a lot of Jamie Smith. So I'm nerding out about that. Okay. And then I'll like dabble in trying to learn some coding for this new role. Ooh. Even though I don't need it. Um, trying to figure out some like data coding and I'm not putting enough time into it to really like geek out on it. Uh, but those, those are the three big ones are CrossFit, this Charles Taylor book and then coding. I feel like those are all extremely unnerdy. I have to be honest. <laughs> I feel like they're all okay. like pretty trendy and cool. Pretty trendy. Yeah. Okay. I, I try to follow trends. <laughs> That's literally <laughs> what you're going to be doing in your next job, right? It is. Yeah. yeah. There you go. You're well yeah. on your way already. Um, okay. Final yeah. question. And then I'll let you go. Uh, yeah. If you could put a billboard anywhere in the world, where would you put it and what would it say? Oh man. Yeah. I know. A billboard. This is, this is helpful because I have a world map right in front of me. Oh, good. Anywhere in the world. Uh, did you put it in Syria and say, <laughs> come try the falafel in Knoxville? <laughs> uh no I, I mean i was thinking somewhere like in tehran like in iran okay You're like knoxville's really friendly we want you here <laughs> um, mainly because i want more iranians here because yeah. they're so fun yeah and we need a good persian restaurant so maybe it's in in tehran to say we need a persian restaurant in knoxville <laughs> that's what i'll say <laughs> come to knoxville so and start a Persian restaurant. I love it. That's great. <laughs> Wonderful. Maybe we'll get a catch. There you go. Man, thanks for coming on. It was cool to hear more of your story. Yeah, dude. Yeah, James, it's so good to talk to you, brother. Appreciate it. Good to hear your voice, man. <laughs> yeah, take care. Yeah, be bye. Okay, that'll do it for our interview with Austin McLaughlin. Thanks again for listening. Uh, if you like the show, text it to a friend. Put it on Twitter. Uh, go and rate and review us in the... Uh, Apple ecosystem. That'll help other people find the show. So if you're enjoying it, share it with somebody else who would like it. And uh, again, if you want to check out anything that we talked about on the show, go to parkchurchdenver.org slash park dash podcast. And you can see Austin's picture and name and click on it. And, uh, and that'll take you into the show page where I link to everything that we talked about today. Uh, that'll do it for this month. And uh, I'll see you in June for another episode of the Park Church Podcast. Take care.